Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows you need before you ask them. Word of the Lord. Good morning, Central West End Church. Uh, my name is Matt Creasy. It's wonderful to be with all of you this morning. Um, so I don't know if you've seen these memes or not, but there's these why is my kid crying memes that they float around the internet a bunch. Um, back up that one. So this one is, she's not allowed to drink toilet bowl cleaner because I told him to say hi instead of meow. It wasn't his birthday. There's a whole bunch more, I'm sure, if you, you can search for them later. Uh, but can you relate to these kids at all? Have you ever just really wanted something really, really badly and you felt like you were just going to die if you didn't get the thing you wanted, but then it kind of turned out that it, it probably wasn't what you needed? As many of you are aware, one of the hats that I wear uh, in the rest of the week is that I'm a, a therapist at a local counseling office here in town. And I got to tell you from my own experience, both in my lives of the people that I see and actually in my own life as well, that as human beings, we are really disconnected from our needs. We often get really wrapped up in things that we want while being completely unaware of what it is we're really in need of. But this morning, Jesus is inviting us to reconnect to our most deepest fundamental needs. And he's going to do that by talking to us about prayer. So if you haven't been with us, we're in a series on the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is the most famous public teaching of Jesus. It covers a lot of ground and we've already seen a whole bunch. But right now we're in chapter 6. And chapter 6, Jesus covers some religious practices. Uh, almsgiving, which we saw last week. Prayer. And later on we're going to look at fasting. And what Jesus is teaching his disciples is that in following him, it will radically alter your relationship to religion and to religious practices. Now, before Jesus teaches us how to pray, he tells us how not to pray. And he specifically, he uses two categories of people. He says, don't pray like the hypocrites and don't pray like the Gentiles. Now, you might think that this is really Jesus giving us a formula. This is like the Ikea instructions for prayer. Yeah, do it this way, don't do it this way, right? But it's actually something a lot deeper going on here. 
Jesus isn't giving us a formula. What Jesus is showing us is that very often when we pray, we are disconnected from our deepest needs. And that the way in which we pray exposes what it is we're looking for. I mean, it, right, prayer is all about getting our needs met, isn't it? That's, that's why we pray, to get our needs met. So whether or not you personally are a Christian or whether or not you personally pray, we all have needs. And we are all trying to get our needs met. But the question is, do you actually know what your real needs are? And is the way in which you're going about getting your needs met, is it working? Well, let's explore this all together. Jesus is gonna show us what our deepest needs are. So the way I would like to organize our time together this morning is that I'd like to ask three basic questions. What are we looking for? What do we really need? And how do we get it? All right, number one is, what are we looking for? Number two is, what do we really need? And number three, how do we get it? It being the thing we really need, okay? That's how I'd like for us to organize our time together. So first, let's start off with the very first question. What are we looking for? Well, again, we have these two categories of people. So let's start with the hypocrites. Who are the hypocrites? Well, Jesus is referring to and using this word hypocrites to the religious leaders of his day. People like the Pharisees, I'm sure you've all heard of them, or the teachers of the law, or the Sadducees, okay? The religious leaders of his day. Now, what is his beef with the way that they're praying? Well, what he says is that they're, when they pray in public, which that's not the problem, okay? Public prayers were very common at this time in history. Jesus himself prayed in front of other people, okay? That's not the issue. The issue is that when they're praying in front of other people, they're doing it that they may be seen by others. They're doing it to be seen. Right, so what, what's going on there? Well, Jesus uses this word hypocrite. And in Greek, what that word means is actor. He's saying they're putting on a show. They're performing. They're pretending to pray and talk, to talk to God when in actuality what they're doing is performing for the people around them. All right, you, you see that? So what is it they're looking for? Well, what does every actor want? Well done. Bravo. Wow. They're looking for applause. They're looking for attention, for admiration. They want people to look at them and say, wow, they are so righteous and godly, and pious, and their prayers are so eloquent. I wish I could pray like them, right? It's a show. Well, that's the hypocrites. What about the Gentiles? What is it the Gentiles are looking for? All right, so the first thing we see is that we're looking for applause. Next, what are the Gentiles looking for? Well, who are the Gentiles? Well, Gentile is simply a word that means anybody who is not ethnically Jewish. So if you are not a biological descendant of Abraham, you, my friend, are a Gentile. So probably most of us. All right, now what's, what's the problem here? Jesus says that when they pray, they use empty phrases and many words. So they're praying just these rote prayers over and over and over and over and over and over again. Why are they doing that? 
Well, at this time in history, Gentiles were almost exclusively pagan. Okay, now that's not a derogatory term. The word pagan simply means that they are not worshipers of the one true God of Israel. It means that they're worshiping, they're polytheists. They worship many, many gods, right? And, and ancient paganism, basically like the gods are not always paying attention. They're not omnipotent. They're not all powerful. They're more powerful than people. Um, but they're, you know, they're limited to some capacity. They're busy doing their God stuff. And so if you want to have your prayers heard, then you have to pray in such a way that you get their attention, that they are aware of your, that you're praying, that you're their devotee. I think that probably the closest modern day equivalent uh, to ancient Greco-Roman paganism in our modern world is Hinduism, okay? Um, Hinduism also is polytheistic. Um, a number of years ago, I got to visit a Hindu temple as an invited guest. I was not intruding. I got to sit in the back and just observe. And it was very, very interesting. People kind of walked in and they would go up to whatever statue of whatever deity they were, were happened to pray to. And they would leave their offering there of flowers or fruit, or they'd pour milk on the altar and they'd say their prayers. And on the way out, they would, there was this rope and they'd pull this bell and it would go boom. And at the end, I got to talk to the Hindu priest and asked him, hey, hey, what's up with the bell? And his answer was, ah, it's so the gods will hear our prayers and know of our devotion. All right, so you see what's going on here? They're, they have to pray in the right way to be heard. What's, what is that? What's that about? Well, we might call that life hack religion, right? We're, we're all about life hacks in our world, aren't we? We love life hacks. We want the five habits of highly effective people. We want the 10 steps. We want the three secrets too. You know, we want to know just how do we get the thing, you know, makes everything work just so that it works in our favor, right? We love that stuff. We're, our world is full of life hacks and we'll, we'll take a little bit of this. We'll take a little bit of that. We want secrets to that or, you know, what do, and why, why do we like that? What are we doing with life hacks? What's that about? Well, behind that is a, is a thought that, if I can just, if I can just get the formula right, if I can figure out the secrets, if I can crack the code to all of these things in my life, then what? Then I can control the outcomes. I can make life work the way I want it to work. It's all about control. So what are we looking for? Well, if we're a hypocrite, we're looking for applause. If we're a Gentile, we're looking for control. All right, well, that's number one. But are those things what we really need? Well, let's look at that next. What do we really need? Well, let's go back to our hypocrites, right? Now, again, Jesus uses this word hypocrite to talk about these religious leaders. And that's a really interesting word. Because, again, it means actor, and in the ancient Greco-Roman world, actors wore these masks. They looked something like this. They were large, much larger than the physical head of the actor, and they had these openings, you'll see, where the mouth is, and it functioned kind of like a megaphone to amplify the sound. So what Jesus is saying here is that the religious leaders in doing this, seeking applause, seeking attention, what they're doing is they're wearing a mask. And it, this mask exaggerates their certain features. It amplifies 
parts of themselves that they want the world to see, but it hides the rest of it, right? The, the part that they're projecting, they're projecting this idealized image to the world, right? The, the image that is righteous and pious and oh so devout, but it masks over, it hides the darkness, the selfishness, the pain, the, the evil, perhaps, the frailty, the weakness that lies behind. Now, we do that too, don't we? I mean, come on, guys. We all have social media profiles. We all like to project a nice filtered, photoshopped image of ourselves to the world. And we like to omit the things that are painful. Unless, of course, the, the painful bit increases the image of us being very, very humble. Right? We, we all do this. But why? Why do we project this idealized image of ourselves to the world? Well, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we do this because we want people to like us. And we think, well, if I project the good stuff, if I put on this mask of all the good things about me and, and exaggerate this image of myself, then people will like me. But you see the fatal flaw in that, don't you? All of the applause, all of the attention, all of the admiration isn't being given to the person. It's being given to the mask. All of that attention is being given to the mask while the person, the flesh and blood person and the fullness of who they are remains hidden, unseen, unknown to the world around and perhaps even to the self. As a very good friend of mine, her name is Maggie, she said this to me once and I, I can't say it any better than this. You can only be loved to the, to the degree that you're truly known. You see, friends, we may be looking for applause and attention, but what we really need is to be loved, to be seen in the fullness of who we are, the good, the bad, the ugly, our dignity and our depravity, all that we are that encompasses us, to be seen and known and to be loved, to be loved for exactly who we are. What about the Gentiles? What do, what do they really need? Well, what is, let me ask this question about, we're looking for control, but what is, do you, is control really possible? I mean, think about it. If we learned one lesson from 2020, what would it be? Maybe that we have almost no control over anything, right? You can't control other people as hard as you might try. You, you can't control the circumstances of your life. I mean, our lives are constantly at risk of, you know, market crashes or pandemics or joblessness. Or, I, mean, I mean, who knows? Hurricanes and floods and storms. I mean, anything could happen. We can't control the world around us. We certainly can't control God. God is the omnipotent, all-powerful creator of the entire universe. You can't manipulate him. As the psalmist says, what could I possibly render to the Lord that he should repay me? What, what could you give to God 
that he didn't give to you first. Control, by and large, is not something we can actually have. So why do we keep trying to get it? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. We, we want to control things because if I can control them, then that, I can protect myself from feeling hurt, from loss, from pain, from things going out of control and my life falling apart. What is that? Friends, what we're looking for, what we really need is security. And we need to be assured that everything in our life is going to be okay. All right, we've seen what it is we're looking for. Applause, attention, and control. And we've seen what it is we really need. We need to really be loved, known for who we truly are, and to have security, to be assured that everything is going to be okay. But that leaves us with the last question. How do we get it? I mean, right? How in the world do we get these things? Like, I mean, I think the reason that we all, to, to varying degrees, project an idealized image of ourselves to the world is that we've all had the experience of opening up to another person and being rejected. I think the reason that we all scramble for control in our lives is because we recognize the world is not a secure place. It's chaotic. It's scary. It's dangerous. How can we possibly get these things? Well, what does Jesus say? Jesus says, don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. You see, guys, God knows everything. He's not unaware of your needs. He knows your needs better than you do. He knows what it, exactly what you, and same way a good parent, when a child comes and they say, I want, I want, I want, but with the parent, but the parent knows better than the child and says, actually, I know what you need and I'm going to make sure that you have exactly what you need rather than what you want. God knows what you need before you even ask it. But that begs the question, well, okay, if God knows what I need, how can I trust that he's going to give it to me? Well, what else does he say? He says, if you go to your father who's in secret and who sees in secret, meaning God not only knows what you need, he sees behind the mask. He sees the parts of you that you don't see. He knows exactly who you are. He sees the fullness of who you are because he made you. And he loves you. How do we know that? Well, Jesus says that if you go to your father who sees in secret, God will repay you. Repay? What does that mean? Jesus is saying this. If you go to God and you let the mask come down, if you let God take off the mask and you bring the fullness of who you are, not only the good but the bad and the ugly, the dignity and the depravity, all the fullness of who you are, if you bring it to him, God will give to you the fullness of who he is. 
And friends, he's already done that. Jesus Christ is the full presence of God. And Jesus Christ, the one person who never wore a mask, who was always completely and utterly true to himself, lived the life that we should have lived, utterly secure in the provision of the Father, and he challenged the world around him to let the masks come down, and we couldn't handle that, and so we killed him. And on the cross, Jesus Christ was made utterly insecure. And he lost the love and the applause and the attention and the approval of God Almighty so that all of your needs could be found. All of your needs could be secured. Don't you see, friends? You don't have to go get what you need. You already have it in full in Jesus You just got to ask for it. So if you find yourself be praying a bit like a hypocrite, could, would you be willing to go to God in prayer and say, God, would help me help bring this mask down? Show me the parts of myself that I'm scared of. Show me the parts of myself that I'm trying to hide and I don't even know it. Because he already sees it. You're not going to surprise him. He's not going to be disappointed by what's behind there. He already sees it. And he invites you to let it come down. Maybe you feel more like a Gentile and you're filled with fear about the world and whether or not things are going to work out. Well, friends, hear this this morning. God has promised you and he signed and sealed this promise in the very blood of his son, Jesus, Everything is going to be okay because everything, heaven and earth, will be made new for eternity. And everything that we lose in this life, we, Jesus said, we get it back ten, a hundredfold in the world to come. Would you come to your Father in prayer and trust that He knows what you need better than you do? Friends, what Jesus is inviting us to this morning is not to pray like a hypocrite and not to pray like a Gentile, but to pray like a child, to come to our Father in heaven and to pray like a little child. You might be wondering, well, Matt, what does a child pray like? We'll come back next week and Jesus will show us. What are we looking for? We're looking for applause and attention and approval and control. But what we really need is to be seen in the fullness of who we are and loved and to have security, to to know and have assurance that everything will be okay. And how do we get what we really need? We already have it in Jesus Christ. We just have to ask the Father for it. Let me pray. Father, Thank you that you see us better than we see ourselves and you already loved us 
before we ever came to you, before we ever had the good sense to repent and come to you, you loved us and you sent your only son to die for us in order to secure everything that we most desperately need. Thank you, Lord. And I ask that you would make us people who pray who don't pray to get your attention or approval, who don't pray to try to manipulate you or control you, but to pray like little children who know that we already have everything that we need in you and that you love to give us good gifts. Thank you. It's in the name of your precious son, I pray. Amen.